and Gaming Podcast, episode number 78. Tonight we're talking about 2023 Starfield. Came out a couple months ago. You know, a lot of buzz around this game. Does it live up to it? We'll see you later. I'm one of your co-hosts, Todd. We have Mono and Steve, who has a special announcement. He does. That's right. After I do. After 78 episodes. Uh, after 78 episodes, we're finally doing our very first interview for this show. I do a ton for my other show, the Horror Squad Podcast, but I thought it's time to do some for this uh, podcast as well. So I'm going to be interviewing Dave and Carolyn from Odd Grove Games, who are currently in the Kickstarter phase of their brand new board game, or I think it's a board game. It's like one of those uh, it's like strategy games that you play uh, with cards and stuff. Uh, Deep Six, a game of galactic mayhem. Uh, so I've known them since college. Actually, Dave and I used to make videos while I was, you know, doing film stuff in college. So we got some great stories about that. Uh, Carolyn was actually there for one of my tattoos. She was an apprentice at the time. So we'll talk about that. And of course, their game, So which I'm really looking forward to. I'm a backer myself. And uh, yeah, I think it should be a fun interview just to talk about, you know, board games and card games and art in general. So stay tuned at the end of the episode for that. Very cool. Very Ooh, cool. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. 17 days to go. Get on it, people. Let's sponsor them. Let's help them. Let's get this going. Board games? Oh, hope it's easier than Monopoly because I you suck at it. You guys board games, guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I play a few. Uh, I used to play age. Risk. Yeah. Risk? Yeah, that's your that's your, your thing. Yeah. it wasn't even an awkward question (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's because we're skipping a little bit I think it's because our connection's a little weird (laughs) Uh, yeah we we play board games here we play one called trophies which which is really fun Um, fucking battleship monopoly I fucking hate I hate monopoly monopoly can suck it risk is amazing but it can also suck it because that takes seven hours to fucking win Uh, yeah we play a lot of board games so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we're we're more in the like uh like we play a lot of nightmare uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We play uh, those types of games, a lot of cards, a lot of um. You know, we don't play a lot of like Monopoly and like the classics, the risks and stuff like that. Yeah, we t- we tend to go with some well, of the horror I mean, stuff. You're mostly doing you and your wife, right? So, well, when my it's more when my sister and her husband come over, we oh, okay. we tend to play other stuff. Um, we like. Uh, not Twister. <laughs> we play we play Twister, dude. We get fucking crazy. Hey, try playing Twister now at our nope. ages. It's that... fucking, it's, dude, I'm like almost dying. I'm like, you gotta fucking spin the fucking wheel. You know what? You know what board game I was the best at? Hide the salami. <laughs> pretty pretty princess. Hmm. What the fuck is that? You never played Pretty Pretty Princess? No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it needs no explanation. I, I dare you to uh, to Google it and look it up. Is it, is it like Barbie's <laughs> it's, dream it's, phone? It's about collecting all the princess jewelry and putting it on to win. <laughs> pretty, pretty princess board game. Here we go. Oh, the game God. of life is cool, too. Life Come play. Cool. Come play I used to play life a lot when I was growing up. Life is great. Sorry? Oh, that's so fun. Fucking people <laughs> over and sorry. Yeah. That's what about, remember Ma- Mousetrap? Mm. Yeah, that was too much setup for the amount of like and i lose one piece and you're like fuck this game you throw it away connect four classic yeah that's a classic actually one of one of my favorite things i did in california when uh i met mondo 
is uh, we went to an arcade near near there and they had connect for basketball and that was fucking oh amazing. yeah because he was yeah. fucking raging on that game dude he was like <laughs> Like he, you know, it's crazy. It's kind of like back in the days when you were talking about how you bullied your son at Madden. Like you should see him. You should have seen Steve bullying his fucking wife. Like she had no (laughs) chance in hell. He didn't give a shit. There was no like, oh, it's okay, honey. You got this, honey. He was like, I'm going to fucking win. (laughs) How do you, how do you, how do you shoot baskets with Connect Four though? Like, is there multiple baskets? Yeah, it's, yes. it's like it's like the board. You know, you have uh, whatever five rows or six uh, columns, and uh, you, you have to get it in, and that's how cool. you you choose you where it goes. It yeah, I got it. In. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> oh shit, man! Very neat. Freaking Steve and his ultra competitiveness. But I will, I will say, I almost had you beat. Almost at fucking uh, mm-hmm. almost. Mini, you mini just putt. came back. Mini mini putt, miniature golf, as we call it here in the states. <laughs> That's how we call. It. <laughs> I've heard it. Both yeah, I've, I've never heard mini putt. Cosmic golf. Eh, never heard that. I've heard of cosmic, cosmic bowling. Cosmic golf, dude. Hey, do you guys remember how I kept harping on how I want a Highlander movie? Yes. Yeah. Your boyfriend. They're doing there. a remake. Shocker. Yeah. Cow, yeah. Right? Yeah, but like it's really now that the writers are like settled everything, mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. Twenty twenty four begins. Oh, if, uh, if the actors settle their shit too, well, I know that's the shitty part, right? I thought they were like apparently they're like close. The finish line. Uh, that's why I heard too. I heard this week might be finally the week because apparently if it's not done this week, then they're breaking till January. Ish. No, don't do that to me. Like how how much film and TV do we have that'll last us till January? Reality yeah, shows. You'll be months, watching but... seventeen spinoffs of ninety days. Oh no! <laughs> I can't. I was about to say not ninety eight fiance man. My wife keeps watching that shit. I know, mine too. <laughs> have you guys got? Have you guys gone to any pumpkin patches or anything? I haven't at all. I'm I, pretty no. uh, behind on some of the Halloween stuff. Yeah, I went to Salem. That that's oh. that's as Halloween as I got recently. I am at the uh... oh shit. Wait, how it how is how is your health? Oh, you know what? I survived. Yeah, yeah. I this this was the one, which is weird because it was like miserable weather when I was there, but I survived the the Salem curse this time. So yeah, it was a great time. So Sheba wasn't trying to take you out with the weather or anything no, this no. time around. She's like, She's like, I, I, I tried to kill chance. him last time. I'll give him a chance this time. So yeah, it was great. It was. Uh... <laughs> I was thrilled to come home and not be sick for once. So, you guys, you guys are fucking superstars. You know that, right? You guys are fucking superstars. You're like at the D list right now, but you're slowly working your way up to the A list. Yes, we are. Definitely Someone's gonna say we're more on like the Y list. Yeah, exactly. No, just couple, no, couple you're pegs up, but you're you're higher D list. Uh... That's like Daniel Baldwin's D list, dude. Not, no, no. Not I was Daniel. gonna say, I was gonna say, you guys are higher than the cast of uh, World's Dumbest right now. So <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, isn't there a Stallone on that show? <laughs> like, yeah, but he's Frank. He didn't really yeah, do yeah, it right. <laughs> Imagine you guys your are... brother Sylvester Stallone, right? And you're Actually, just fucking Frank, and you're fucking. Uh, was it what movie was working it? IT? Uh, did you, did you guys ever see Fred Claus? Yeah, where, where uh, they have, where they have the uh, the support group for brothers and siblings of famous people. Yeah, you're the Baldwin's were in <laughs> yeah. there. One of them. There's was. a Baldwin. There's uh, Frank Stallone's in there. You got Bill Clinton's brother. You got uh, all these like. Bill Clinton's a brother. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, it. That's exactly it. And he was there because he's Santa Claus's brother. And it was, yeah, it's, it's probably Who the best thing. Santa Claus, a freaking big ass actor, but forget it's, that. Um, Vince Vaughn. Vince oh, there Vaughn. You go. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul Giamatti. I get, the, plays I get a Santa. trivia point. I get a trivia point. I don't get shit. <laughs> uh, I get shit. you a hey, um, princess board game. Yeah, right. Hey, I'll, I'll fucking take it, dude. I'll beat you at that game any day. <laughs> and Uno. I'll fuck you up at Uno. I'll save oh, we'll the, the plus one. That one's fucking brutal, dude. You just sort that. Let's not even mark Yeah. <laughs> save that plus fucking four. Let's fucking kill somebody. Hey, um, Microsoft, <laughs> Xbox, no more third party, uh, third party, uh, third controllers. <laughs> third party. <laughs> uh, it's just oh, like shit. in my house, dude. Whenever we mispronounce a single word, it's talked Everybody about for like seven days, them. dude. <laughs> Dead potty. <No. laughs> get no to the potty. Get to the potty, Nick, dude. We got, we got Mondo Schwarzenegger over here. Yeah. Dumb brother. Hey, today's news, the Xbox is no longer doing the potty controllers. That, that, that is... That is uh, the most... <laughs> Look at He's dying. Please, no, please I post this video. Shit. My pants are <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i don't bite i don't bite the potty uh <laughs> controller so no yeah anyway that's a, that's you just read the headline and not the article uh no more unauthorized exactly. third party uh controllers which Damn, is no more mad cats no that's that's oh, authorized come on a lot of them are authorized so. yeah yeah did they also... so disappointed to get a Mad Cats for like your birthday or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know, like all the shit. poor little kids are so happy. They're like, "Yay!" Plug it in. You only have two weeks to use it. Have you guys ever? <laughs> have you guys ever bought the Elite controllers or anything like that? I haven't. I... It's like a hundred and what two hundred bucks. Like two hundred bucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, my my controller, dude. The stock controller from when I got the Series X is still <laughs> fucking fine. What What's the shelf life on your controllers usually? This one, I mean, Mine's like yeah, three, years, three, like years, three years, three years, right? So, still fine. Yeah, because I, my one of mine messed up. It doesn't. The trigger doesn't work. <laughs> the body. Yeah, third party. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to see that video on the Discord of Todd losing. <laughs> He'll be yeah. here, so. The body. Oh man. Well, a little behind the scenes. <laughs> we're recording. We're recording the night before uh, Halloween. This mm-hmm. will be posted. Well, well past it. Hopefully, we'll have seen the Marvels. It's coming out Ooh. November tenth. Are you gonna? Are you gonna duck? I know. I know Girl, you're not watching it. it. I don't even ask you anymore. <laughs> All right, I'll be there the first hey, weekend in the shaky seats. What are you talking about? I can't wait. Ooh, shaky seats. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Intense 4 dx experience. Seats. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Can you, can you guys be real for a second? Can you guys be real for a second? Aren't you guys annoyed with the CGI quality of, of Marvel's like newest stuff? It's it's not good, man. I I don't I disagree. I, Guardians of the Galaxy three was amazing. I really liked Ant Man. I thought Black Panther was awesome. Listen. Um, <laughs> Listen, did you see did you see the fucking stand-up puppets and fucking commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or any other crazy stupid fucking 90s CGI? I will take we're spoiled, motherfucker. We're spoiled <laughs> because I mean, other than Fast and the Furious going to space, I'm pretty happy family. with what we got. Hey, wait if Arnold comes out or not Arnold, Sylvester comes out in Fast and the Furious Thanks. He's gotta come out in it. Is that a <laughs> no, but apparently, apparently they rejected Van Damme. I I read that this week. What? They yeah. who do they think they are? Vin Diesel said no. Fuck Vin Diesel. 
And because Vin treasure. Diesel knows he'll steal the fucking spotlight. Yeah, exactly. he doesn't That's want exactly the rocks stealing anything. Like, he, fuck them, dude. What's that guy's name <laughs> that wish... plays his friend in like part two and that was mad that the Rock was like a star now? Oh, Black that's uh, Tyrese. Is that yeah. Tyrese Gibson? They they take that fucking series way too seriously. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I saw a clip where saw... like fucking one of the guys like hits like a, I don't know, like a fence post and like flies through the fucking air. In his car. That's that's, right. that's every fucking movie. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. <laughs> I was like, what? I, they defy. I, I was having this discussion with uh, a friend of mine, and it was like, you do realize this movie started off as street racers, right? Yeah. And DVDs. now they're like C- CIA operatives, bank heisters, <laughs> space travelers. Yeah. Ludacris is a fucking mathematician. Come on. Oh, our first one's oh, good though. Like it's a totally it's like serious. They like take the, car the, culture the DVD seriously. Combo. DVD yeah, combos. Yeah heist <laughs> the second one the second one isn't too bad it just gets a little mm. lost after that i'll take it over any amityville movie that you uh have told oh my god in the past one oh, terrible Ugh. hey i'm a fucking executive producer on amityville aliens dude so why don't you, uh, are you? Nice. step back a bit i bet i bet you are okay one last important <laughs> question before we go to what watch okay i've been having this debate here in california for the last month or so you guys are now going to be included in this yeah. Who is this is... another rain boots situation? No, no, no. Probably. Who is yo, who is hotter? Oh. J Lo okay. or Taylor Swift? Uh what J Lo do we get? Do we get yeah. now or Prime? We're gonna go now. We're gonna go now. Oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, I think so. Yes! <laughs> yes! Finally, redemption. Everyone has been fucking giving me shit saying that Taylor Swift is just an average white girl and there's nothing special about her other than the $4 billion. She yeah, seriously. <laughs> other than the natural raw talent and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really? You, should, you gotta be like, where's your tight end at? All right. Ooh, but, Travis I mean, Kelsey, baby. J-Lo when like, Anaconda's days? I'm taking hmm. J-Lo. I don't, even th- yeah. I don't think J-Lo was ever hot. Oh, no, that's that's a fallacy. <laughs> J-Lo is definitely hot. Like that, nah. uh, that, that award ceremony where she wore that dress? Yeah, but then that like, Matt, that Matt Stone wore, wore, wore the same dress. dress. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> the year after. Oh yeah. god! <laughs> I remember that that dress awakened something in me. <laughs> Ooh, was it big or small? It's small. It's small. Like sixth grade, fifth grade, like <laughs> short, shriveled, always to the left. All right. What watched? What played? What read? I'm totally unprepared for this. I'll go first. Uh so one of you guys go first. I got it. I'm gonna start with a book. It is J.R. Tolkien's. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of the movies. Love the movies to death. Fellowship of the Ring being my favorite Lord of the Rings movie by far. I fucking love it. Watched it every day once for like seven days straight when I was in high school. Blah, blah, blah. So I've been meaning to read the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I'm like, hey, I got it. You know, I like the books or like the movies. Got to read the books. I don't know. (sighs) Fellowship of the Ring is just not for me. The book. Um, I found it to be like extremely fucking grating and boring. And if people think the movies are boring, don't ever like <laughs> try to read the book. There's a the lot of stuff did? in there. It's yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. That's just like out of nowhere. This character called Tom Bal Balbini or something like that. Bombadil. <laughs> Bombadil. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he takes like three chapters and you're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy? He's just some dude in the woods with the fucking hobbits hang out with. Um, yeah, so it it makes me appreciate the movies even more because Peter Jackson and the writing team were able to take what was fantastic in the book 
and then amplify that because there's some really great stuff in the book. I love the meeting, uh, the fellowship when that's formed. I love the beginning when we're in the Shire, just like shooting the shit with the hobbits. And then I love um, Minas Tirith, you know, when they're running from the whatever fucking fire beast thing it is. But um, man, there's a lot of filler, a lot of filler where we're just walking and talking and fucking looking at trees and falling asleep. So I gave it a three out of five on Goodreads because I appreciate what it's done for the genre. There was nothing or very little before this fantasy wise. And then it, it created what we know now, just like when you watch like a Frankenstein or um, a crystal a creature from the Black Lagoon, like you got to take it in context like this is like the beginning of everything. So everything after that owes it to this, which is a, which is the case for Fellowship of the Ring. So three out of five. And I don't think I'll read Two Towers or Return of the King because I'll just think I'll leave it at that and watch the movies instead. Dude, he fucking over-explains way too much in that book. <laughs> like, we need to know the father and the grandfather and what lineage people are yeah. from and what, like, where the plants come from and why the plant comes from there. It's like, God damn, dude, just get to the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. About to just give me the snack. goddamn number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're snacking constantly. Yeah, second best. Describing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I you know, movie's amazing, and oh, it's yeah. one of the rarities with the movie, in my opinion, being better. And people, oh my god, uh, people will defend the books. I thought I was bad with the movies defend, defending them. The books, man. Like you put one negative thing and everyone's like, you fucking, you don't fucking get it. You, you're not a true uh, reading fan. Like, oh, God, okay. Uh, so, sounds Crazy like a few people that I know. Well, Star Wars mm. Star Wars now sucks. Bro. You so, suck. Shut up. Shut up. I'm just kidding. To, to be specific, Rise of, Scott, Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi suck. Everything else. To be cool. specific, and, every, and you, you hate everything. Too. You hate everything. I don't Shut hate up. everything. Yeah, you do. Anyways. Like Fellowship of the Ring. Steve. Okay movie you're up so it is october so i'm pretty much only watching a horror and i was in salem so i didn't really have much time to watch anything the only thing i watched that was non-horror in the last two weeks is i kept up with loki so loki season two um i i think it's okay i don't think it's great uh it's cool i like the locations that they find themselves in every week i like uh, the acting i i think you know the way that they play off each other is awesome but it's taking a lot of time to get to the point. But they did at the end of the last episode. So as as far as this recording goes. So I'm really excited to see where they go now because they finally like kind of fucked the timeline. So I'm very curious where this goes and it seems to be leading to the Kang dynasty. So I'm really psyched about the rest of the season. But so far it's been kind of slow, uh, slow going. So that's my review so far. But I'll Ooh. talk about it once it's over. Well, I'm not caught up with it, and I'm kind of a little jaded right now after that report came out recently that uh, everyone was kind of doing their own thing when it came to the shows, and there was no real super cohesiveness. So well, I'll, I'll finish watching it, but um, I'm going to talk about my game. Um, I've been playing Mirage still, and Mirage, it just keeps getting better, man. I mean, this is the most fun i've had in a while playing the game other than vampire survivor because vampire survivor was super fucking addicting and i just updated it so i know there's more stuff that just came out for it um but mirage continues to be great the introduction reintroduction of black box missions one of those various ways to kill and finding the special way to kill them is a chef's kiss um ubisoft perfect with doing the maps and the artwork and stuff of course it just 
I need you to play this game. Fuck the sale. No, wait for the sale. But still, I just want you to play it. It's so much fun. I already I'm have it. Really ho- oh, you do? I have friends and places. So uh, <laughs> He's flexing on me again. Damn it. Um, it, It's just a ton of fun, man. And when you get to it, I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Because other than liking history in general, um, just playing the characters and expanding the lore, this is by far the biggest departure from games that we have played since origins odyssey and valhalla um and it's just a standalone fucking game and if they continue this formula it's in, it'll be in good hands but mirage is a ton of fun holidays coming up buy it cheap bitch all right um <laughs> we're doing two each right yes yeah. sir all right so my uh my next one or my last one actually is gonna be a game and it's actually become a problem because i've been playing texas Chainsaw massacre yeah way, way too much and i set a i set a goal or whatever and a stop point where i'm like when i get to this unless we're gonna play with the friends or homies i'm not playing anymore liar it's like no i'm I'm gonna delete it or at no, least you're not. fucking go on to something else <laughs> yesterday because i downloaded fucking the batman game that everyone hated but asa said it was cool arkham knights um, that's on game pass yes that one and then i did uh don't want me fucking walk around the flashlight why am i fucking Alan Wake. Alan Wake. Alan Wake remaster because that's on Game Pass and two just came out. So I'm like, after I'm done with this, I'm done. So my goals were the following get level 50, which I completed, escape 100 times, which I'm at 97%. So I think two or three more for that. And then um, one of the characters get like this thing all the way leveled up, which I did. So fucking two or three away from escaping. I'm going to fucking turn it off. Leatherface will not kill me anymore because I'm not going to play it. But I love this game. And it's probably gonna be you. We'll see. You're so addicted to this game in the Discord. You admitted to odd job that you put yourself as offline just so you can play more. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I also like you guys probably feel it. When, like, I do you, too. You just don't want to play offline. sometimes. Yeah, and it's nothing against anybody. Like I, I have hell of fun playing with everybody, but sometimes you just want to get on and play like, a game here and then get on a meeting for work or something. So it's hard to balance. It's easier just... <laughs> or be on the meeting at the same time. I do that too. Yeah. Todd, what do you think, Todd? Uh, <laughs> it's perfect. I think we should bomb them all. I mean, you to, never mind. We, we, you have to do. Uh, I think we should do. You have to go. Uh, a good follow up is oh, just thinking out loud here and then repeat what they said. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid, but it works. It works. Yeah. Steve, that's all I had. To say. I I really haven't. Oh, just the one. So. Just the one. I've well, been got... playing uh, Dreamlight Valley, and I talked about it enough over the past. You're, a, you're uh, addicted months. to that shit too. And, and Starfield, which we're going to talk about the game. So yeah, absolutely. Um, well, mine is a combo of the Halloween spirit and a video game. One that I'm not familiar with. It just released on Peacock and in theaters, and that is Five Nights at Freddy. Um, zero idea what this shit's about. All I know is that I Matthew Lillard. Did you? Okay. I know that Matthew Lillard was in it. I know that we had just met him at the time that like he was just announced as, you know, having a three picture deal with it. Um, My takeaways, definitely not like a horror horror movie. It's definitely for kids, which I'm not too upset about. I mean, I know I'll probably get shit for it, but watching horror movies with your kids and seeing them enjoys it makes you enjoy it a little bit more uh, than just us old ass farts watching it. Um, but Matthew Lillard is just a fucking heaven-sent god. He didn't have a huge role in it, but what he what parts he was, um, he was fantastic. Uh, acting was pretty solid. Story was kind of meh. 
uh, the sheriff deputy that just for some reason knew everything that was going on because, you know, her secret connections or whatever. She's hot. Um, but my favorite part in this entire movie, story aside and stuff, because I thought the story was kind of interesting. I kind of guessed where it was going uh, midway through. Uh, but one of the coolest things is Matthew Lillard doing an iconic uh, scream gesture uh, for the movie towards the end. And even my daughter caught it and to see her fucking light up and me light up. It was probably a good daddy daughter fucking nerd moment. So um, I gave it like a two and a half out of five on Letterboxd because it was nothing super special. Um, but like I said, watching it with your kids definitely raises it. 100% a little bit I agree with you. It's uh, people getting mad about it are missing the point that it's literally a video game for kids. And I said this in Horror Squad. Right. Where it's like these games came out when these kids were like nine or so years old. They're now 14 ish years old. So like this is for them, not for fucking us. Yeah. Almost 40s <laughs> and 40 whatever years old people. So like, yeah, it was. I didn't think the scares worked. Uh, there was no gore. It's really PG. There was one. There yeah, was one. Yeah, scene. it was a cool like clamp, whatever. But um, yeah, the cop is hot, but she's also super fucking weird. And then Matthew Lillard so underutilized, but when he comes out to play, he deserves there. a fucking Oscar, Don't dude. Like, like he's such a great actor, and yeah, he, he's great. Seeing him in this makes me want him to come back for fucking Scream for his last fucking hoorah. Like, yeah, we'll see. come on! He comes back. Got the TV screen. No, no opening scene. Hello, Mark. It's been a long time. It's fucking just kill Mark, kill the kids, kill Sydney, kill them all. He doesn't know Mark. Well, he's been around. Remember <laughs> the, the theories? He's been around the whole time. Uh, if the opening scene needs to be a flashback to Scream One, where the paramedics no. say yes, and the par- hear me out. Hear me out. You'll 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 get rid of the whole the TV killed him controversy right away. Opening scene, scream one, paramedics, cops going through it. You see fucking Sydney being wheeled away, blah blah blah. Dewey's on his fucking thing, sucking up oxygen. Hey, we got a live one here. <laughs> it's Stu underneath the TV, and he's all fucked up. And then he doesn't remember what happens until he does. Yeah. Uh, I want a uh, meme. Fucking Last Jedi lover. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Give give me give me uh fucking Stu coming back. Uh, insane asylum a la michael myers which is the movie that they were watching halloween that night when he got the tv on him and uh opening scenes got to be mark answering the phone and Stu fucking killing him fuck mark like, that's gonna mark is hot shut up anyways is that a horror fucking show sorry steve's in the background laughing shaking his head at the same time uh but watch five night at freddy's steve have you haven't seen it right i'm pretty sure it's like on your queue uh, yeah i'm gonna watch things. it this week probably but uh, I haven't seen it yet. I, I can't wait for you to see the scene that I'm talking about because it's fucking amazing. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Woohoo! Anyways, <laughs> trivia, 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 trivia. Sure, trivia. Steve winning for quarter number four with three. Me, Todd, second place two. Mondo with the goose egg. The goose the egg. The Ooh, zero. hold on. I'm monster. going first. Go. I'm going first. All, All right. right. Mine are super easy oh, because, again, um, kind of unprepared um this is as of this recording okay as of this recording what is the highest grossing movie of 2023 super mario brothers nights at freddy definitely not five nights at freddy <laughs> and no steve you were incorrect but barbie Ooh. 
and the fucking Steve coming through with the <laughs> fucking point because it is Barbie. Come on, Barbie. And, Let's go, Barbie. Uh, Super Mario Brothers is actually number two. Nice. Oh. I was shocked that it was Barbie. And she got some catchy music in that fucking. I still need to watch it. That's movie. on my list, too, of things I want to watch yeah. in the next month. Um, I'll go next since I got it right. Okay. Mondo, you're going to love this, especially. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Star Wars related? I'll win. Yes, absolutely. No, it's Bethesda related questions. Oh, <laughs> God. In uh, honor of Starfield. Oh. Where was the first Fallout game set? Las um, Vegas. Wrong. That was Fallout New Vegas. Las- <laughs> <laughs> Washington. Wrong. That's Fallout Three. Um, Nevada. That is Las Vegas, <laughs> no. Nevada. You prick. It's still. But you looked. Like, but you looked. But you looked. You looked. I got it. I got it. And this is a fucking gimme. The United States of America. Yep. That that doesn't. Thanks, count. buddy. That counts. <laughs> you cheater. Um, hold on. Let me give you a real one. Right. It was set in. You both had one last one. No, I don't know, dude. You, Todd. Let's see. Virginia was uh, the Fallout multiplayer one, right? So, you can't. Yeah, you you can't do it. No brain picking. Elimination. Let's go. New York. Wrong. Uh, it was actually Southern California. Was it really? Fallout, Fallout one and two were in Southern California. I would like they you to pull they didn't even have to change that exactly much. where. Yeah, right. I was, <laughs> I was close. That's why I started there because they had a reference point. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. In the original Spartacus film directed by Mr. Stanley Kubrick, who plays Spartacus? Oh, it's um, what's his fucking first name? Charleston Heston. No, it's uh. Correct. Kind of no, the right. You're in the I right know, era. I know his. I know his last name. Because uh-huh. does it count? Because I said United States of America, and that didn't count. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying it either. <laughs> What's his fucking father's name? Well, he's thinking. Can you say it again one more time? Only because you kind of echoed out on my end. Yeah. In the original Spartacus, directed by Stanley Kubrick, who plays Spartacus? Uh, okay. Well, it wasn't Charleston Heston. No. Get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. He can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he can talk. I, I can, can sing. <laughs> Help me, Dr. Sayus. I did. I have had that song in my head for like. <laughs> Dr. Sayus, Dr. Sayus. Since I saw it. I hate Dr. Sayus, chimpan- Dr. every chimpanzee from chimpanzee. Uh, say it right. Say it right. I say hate it. every ape I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Mm. All right, three. I don't know. I'll answer two. after after your thing, but just unofficially. One and is, is it Douglas? Like Dirk, yes, Dirk Douglas's is dad? Kirk Douglas. Oh, oh. That, that, that was a manly man, though. <laughs> I, I knew it was Pardon. who it was, I just didn't remember his name. Dude, yeah, dude, these three hour like historical epics are fucking awesome. Cleopatra, I highly recommend if you guys never seen that one. Dude, yeah, is that the, the Elizabeth Elizabeth uh, Taylor? Yeah, Taylor, yeah, babe. I was gonna say Hurley, <laughs> the wrong one, still hot. You know, fucking, I'm addicted to the Ten Commandments. I know it's a, like a whole Bible movie shit, but that's while, just good. Man. I need to watch that. All right, I am going to give you. Uh, right. Let me get to it real quick. I'm not going to give you head, unfortunately. Sorry, too far away. I'm going to give you a cast member and some film details. I want to know the name of the movie or what movie I'm talking about. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So your first actor in this movie, Clancy Brown. Look, he's all about shit. Clancy Brown. Yes, he, he is. is. Your next movie, or actor, excuse me, Sean Connery. <laughs> this movie was filmed or came out in 1986. It features quote unquote time travel. Is it first night? It is not first night. Your last clue New York City. Oh, never mind. <laughs> last. The time travel is really fucking me up here. Quote unquote time travel. Clancy Brown. Sean Connery, 80s, New York. I don't know. Give up? Yep. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I just talked about this in the opening. It is Highlander. Oh, right. Highlander. I got to watch it now. Fucking love that movie. Mike Ironside's in there, right? Uh, I don't think he's in that one. No. No, I'm looking at it. I don't see him in there. All right. Christopher Lambert. Yeah, Christopher Lambert. What is the full title for Elder Scrolls 2? Oblivion. Oblivion. That's Elder Scrolls 4. <laughs> Where's... What did you say? Two? Two. Two. Oh, Morrowind. Nope, that's three. Damn you it. Want, well, you want one last guess? Uh, <laughs> Bone Marrow. Onto... No. So it's, it's Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. Daggerfall. Well, Daggerfall. Daggerfall. <laughs> That's good. I played one. He's played it. I don't know. Have you played it, Steve? Yeah, I did. Daggerfall. Mm-hmm. I've played one Bethesda game, and that's the one we're talking about tonight. So I'm. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's that's a bad <laughs> starting point, dude. I know. Anyways, Toddy, you're All right. <clears throat> name. Uh, I'm gonna name some characters. You tell me the film. Okay. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the uh, lesser known characters in this one. Richard. Travers, Jesse Deegan, Spano. Is that a guess? No, Jesse Spano. That's (laughs) Showgirls. Hal Tucker. Sounds familiar. Eric Hmm. Quinlan. Hmm. And Gabe Walker. Ah, Gabe Walker. On the top. Gabe Walker. Eric Quinlan. Hal Tucker, Jesse Dugan, and whatever the fuck I said, the other guy. It's not um, <laughs> Richard Travers. <laughs> is it, is it Predator? It is not no. Predator. No. Is it a sci-fi movie? It is not. It is an action film. I'm going to say Double Dragon. <laughs> no. uh, Demolition Man? Steve, another guess with action? Incorrect, you're on the right track. It's Cliffhanger. Uh, I didn't get a second fucking cho- Oh, you dick. Yeah, Whatever. You did. No, I didn't. Oh, look at that art, dude. It's fucking yeah, sick. That's good. I like when he's so good. That fucking scene scared the shit out of me as a kid, dude. Like, oh he let God. her go, and I'm like, oh. Don't and you then fucking when Ace let her go. Shut up, fucking Hal. Stop screaming at me. Fucking and then when Michael Ace Ventura died, been, Ace Ventura did it with the fucking monkey. Remember? Yeah, that was, was it a raccoon or a monkey? It was a raccoon. It was a raccoon. Yeah, you're yeah. right. 
Yeah, it's a really good scene. All right. Both, both of them are really good scenes. Both of them will watch. All right. My last easy question of the night. What is the highest grossing game in 2023? Uh, are we thinking right now or in the future? <laughs> As of when right Call of now. Duty comes out. As of right now, the moment of this recording. Uh, man, that's a tough one. It may Mad- surprise you. Madden 23 or whatever the newest Madden is. Madden is on the board. I'm going to go Starfield. Starfield is incorrect. Madden is incorrect. Right, do we I'll get one give more one last opportunity. Hmm. Hmm. I son grossing. Uh, the year is so long. <laughs> I don't even remember. Like, yeah. It came out last month. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go God of War. God yeah. of War is on the board. That came out I'm long. assuming Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok. Right? Nope. He said God okay. of War number one. That. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, that'll throw it out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're addicted to that fucking game. I'm addicted and to it, it is not TCM. Is it and it is not Ragnarok? Is it Resident Evil 4? It is not even Resident oh, Evil 4. Damn, Resident no Evil 4 came in. It's at probably in the 10 number game. six. Excuse me, number five. Starfield at four. Oh, yeah, of Y'all, course it is. Fuck it. Got, it's gotta yeah, be Zelda. I'll, like uh, Tears Diablo of the Kingdom 4 and 3. Uh, Zelda came out. Zelda is number one. Dang. Yeah. Damn. Tears of the Kingdom, baby. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. All right. What was notable about the NPCs when Fallout 76 was first released? In their underwear. They weren't, they weren't there. Correct. There were no NPCs yeah. when Fallout 76. Trick question. Uh, <laughs> the game was shit when it I came know, out. It awful. Worse than Assassin's Creed Unity with the glitches. I mean, at least you could play it. You know, <laughs> it's just you couldn't really talk to anyone. It's is super boring. There's nothing to do. It's horrible. That's perfect. That, now the game's That's amazing. Perfect. So go figure. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Todd, last question of the night? Yes. All right. There are five original Planet of the Apes films. We are not talking about mm-hmm. the Andy Serkis Correct. Films. Point. <laughs> name, <laughs> name all of them in order. Whoever starts first gets to take it first. Oh, Christ. Uh, I don't know. Well, someone say Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Return to the Planet of the Apes. And, uh, Planet of the Apes. Escape from the Planet and of the Apes. Yeah, oh, God. The correct order is Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Beneath the Planet of the Apes. The Planet of the Apes. Escape, Escape. from the Planet of the Apes. War. And then Conquest. Conquest and then, and then, and then, then Battle. Battle for the Planet Battle. of the Apes. Which are all cool films. Yeah. Yeah, they are pretty good. Cornelius. <laughs> Bright eyes. Right. Man, I got straight titties two nights in a row. Two nights in a row. Or two shows in a row. All right. Straight titties. Steve and I, one apiece. Mondo zero, which brings quarter number four to Steve in the lead with four. Me, three. Steve, uh, Mondo zero. Titties. We are not doing that well in quarter four. So far. No, we're not. Oh, man. I know what's going on with us, man. All right. Starfield. Okay, that's creepy. Oh, never mind. It's fine. 
<laughs> All right, Starfield yes. came out a couple months ago, actually, September 6, 2023. Um, Starfield is an action role-playing game developed by Bethesda Game Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. It was announced during Bethesda's E3 presentation in 2018, which they claimed it was 25 years in the making because this Ooh. is their first brand new IP that they developed and put out. Huge is like under underplaying it. Huge fucking like people wanted this game. Ever since it's announced, yes. they've been fucking clamoring for it. It's gonna be the next biggest thing of all time. It's gonna fucking defeat all games. It's gonna be better than every Bethesda's title <laughs> out there. It's gonna be better than any video game out there. Does it? Ooh. Is it? Is it? Was it? Is, is it? it currently? Yeah. I don't know. We'll discuss it. So you are an explorer and something happens when you're in a mining thing where you see like this weird fucking rock and it's like fucking floating. You're like, what's this? And it makes you see a vision. Turns out there's only one other person in the galaxy, depending on how far you get in the game, that has this vision before. And they work for Constellation, who is an old school um, uh, treasure, treasure hunters. hunters, right? Explorers, whatever. Nicholas Nicholas Cage's. Nicholas Cage's of space, right? So they're going around yes. gathering these um, artifacts and then trying to figure out what they all mean. So, so meanwhile... Trying to create can, Halo. Yep, you can join up with the Free Star Collective, which is kind of like a police force of the galaxy. You got the fucking Crimson Raiders, who are the pirates. Uh, Free Star... Uh, who's the fucking... The yeah, military? what's the cowboy ones called? What about the Cowboys Free Star Collective, right? Yeah. What's the military? The, U- the UC. United, United Colonies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. So in traditional Bethesda thing, there is a core story. However, you can branch off and do whatever you want. You can go visit planets. You can go fucking be a cop. You can be a pirate. You can work for a bank and fucking pick up people's loans and break their uh, legs and shit. You can join some fucking corporate place. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, Initially, when I turned it on, I was like, wow, this is not fun. And then I got about 12 hours into the game, which is what I'm seeing a lot of people are saying the same thing then it starts picking up which we'll get there later why i think that's a like it sucks that you have to get wait that long to get into something but overall like it took me a while to get there but i ended up loving it although i haven't played it in a long time it was a stupid ass texas chainsaw massacre taking up my time <laughs> but my initial thoughts were were positive you guys steve yeah so i was super hyped for this game I actually got announced on the PlayStation stage uh, at first, which is ironic. Given yeah. It's not even out on PlayStation now. There um, he goes with his slights, <laughs> with his slights, his jabs. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've played most of Bethesda's games. So I kind of knew what I was expecting. Uh, my hype was tempered because I know exactly what Bethesda is like. So I figured it's just going to be Bethesda in space. And that's ex- exactly what you get. You know, you uh, uh, with all Bethesda games, you have, a, like you said, a storyline but it's not about really the storyline. It's about all the other random things that can happen in this. And this game has so many of those things that you could do. You could be a space pirate. You can build settlements. You can uh, join a bunch of different factions. You get random people like stopping you and having you go on these like crazy missions. You can find some weird shit like in the middle of nowhere. Like you can find Amelia Earhart. You can find, uh, uh, you know, the, the White House. You can find, you know, like you could just, there's a lot of, random moments that are super interesting and it does take you a lot of time to get in like you said you know because there's so much there's they throw so much at you and i you know i i know todd has played fallout at least have you played elseworld as well todd yeah but the only game i've beaten by but says does uh, fallout 4 
Okay. So yeah, so you knew kind of what it was like. I can't even imagine what it was like for someone playing Bethesda for the first time because the only reason I wasn't lost is because I kind of knew their system before, even though it's a little different for this game. It's still kind of the somewhat of the same thing, you know, the way that you pick your traits and your character and how you level up and stuff like that, how you have to, you know, if you want to improve your jumping, you got to jump a thousand times, you know, that's how Bethesda's games have kind of always worked. So I love the shit out of it. And I, I'm just loving it more and more every time I play it because as I'm starting to learn about different planets, about different factions, about different missions I'm being thrown in, I'm just loving the fuck out of it. Now, I do have a couple complaints, of course, but overall, I think this is a great game that could last seriously forever. Like, I could play this till this time next year and be fine with it. The only reason I won't because I have so many other things I want to try, but uh, that's great. Well, sir, I am that first time Bethesda player that you alluded to. And I'm in such a weird spot with this fucking game personally, because there is so much shit to do. I've put like 14 hours, which is nowhere near you guys, but 14 hours of doing fucking a million different things other than the the core mission. And it's kind of with the confusing part with me, because I'm like, I love the introduction. If you're going to introduce fucking Quado type shit to me, like free your mouth. Like I'm down. Like let's fucking find these artifacts. Let's Two rebuild weeks. Halo. Two weeks. Let's rebuild Halo. Like whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm down. The problem is the minute I left your fucking collective meeting after spending about an hour and a half talking to every single one of you, I'm like, go outside. Oh, there's a mission here. Will you help me plant the trees? Will you help me do this? Will you wipe my asshole? I'm like, fuck yeah, Dude, I will. This is Bethesda, man. <laughs> I did. I've never played a Bethesda game. Like my only comparison would be a little bit of Horizon, um, Star Wars, Old Republic. But this shit goes even deeper, man. Like I'm, I'm, I was blown away by the amount of content this game has given me in 14 hours because in 14 hours it's given me like the equivalent of like all of super nintendo's fucking catalog as far as what to do um i like it i hate it i'm not too sure man because one minute i want to be a fucking united colonies marine and hear that story but then you want me to go to this country cowboy fucking planet and now i want to be a country cowboy motherfucker and then it's like, hey, wait a minute, you gotta go fucking space raid this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm gonna have fucking Thanos badges by the end of this thing, dude. Um, I, I'm not hating it, but I think there's a lot of for 25 years. I think the age kind of shows on it because I think some of their NPCs kind of annoy me. Some are really good modeled, and some are fucking terrible. Um, and Tell me this isn't the worst traversal fucking system in the entire world. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order is pretty bad, but this one said, hold my fucking beer. I'm going to give you something worse. Right? I don't think that traversal is bad at all. Um, because you could easily just fast, you know, just skip to everything. You don't really have to do any anything. You don't even have to fly. You could just go, okay, I want to go to this planet on this spot. <laughs> yeah, but you're walking for like fucking 30 minutes. Yeah, but then not. you just, I'll, I'll, you know, yeah, at first you're not. And also, uh, you can, totally, you can, you can land anywhere, though. 
Yeah, exactly. Not only can you land anywhere, but if you work work on your like stamina and you work on your boost and your jumping, I don't work in my stamina in real life. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm gonna work on it in a game? Like, yeah, but see, so let me make this argument. Mono's got though. that Wally floating wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Let me make this argument though, because I forgot which one of you guys said it early on in our first early episodes. But somebody had said that they hated Red Dead Redemption Two because it introduced the concept. Okay, so it was you. It introduced the concept of feeding your horse and all that shit. What's different with this fucking game? Because you, you gotta have eat, to. you gotta shit, you gotta fucking horse. Work it. What are you talking about? I'm just, I'm just saying, like you have to take care of your character. Like I broke a limb yesterday, and I was like, what? I dislocated yeah. a limb, and now I can't fucking shoot. This game is too real. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's cool. Yeah, traversal. I don't have an issue with. I did initially have an issue with like how you can literally play the game without ever walking or flying. But then, like, yeah. they... Because people would complain that you can't fast travel enough in the last games. And now people are complaining so they, that you can fast travel too you much. You can't make like, people happy, though. You cannot make people happy. The, the middle ground is, like, the fast travel is there for you if you want to be lazy with it, which sometimes, you know, I'll do that, of course. Like, I don't feel like walking. But then other yeah. times, I'm like, no, because, like, some of the best content is like when you, you break... To go to orbit, orbit, and then there's orbit. fucking. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for it. Orbit, <laughs> orbit. You break the orbit, and there's some fucking pirates who are like, "Hey, motherfucker!" Yeah, that's in. cool. I'm like, "You're gonna you didn't bring enough ships," and then we fucking blah blah blah. <laughs> oh, but shit. Uh, have you guys ran into the fucking um, your Middle Eastern sounding? Expired? Yes, the fucking yes, guy look. warranty expired about your ship. Like, fuck this guy. First, first hour that I was playing, and I was laughing because I thought it was clever. Yeah, that, that's, I just, that doesn't I, hold your hand. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, and to answer your question about the Red Dead Two, is that you? There's nothing really you have to do. You know, you, like you don't have to. I like that. Maintain your horse. You don't have to. You know, it's in this one. You do everything at your own pace, and you're never getting forced. You never. There's no time limit. There's no. You know, I, like, that's why I love about it so much. Is uh, that, wait, there, there are time limits though, because some of those missions are like come back in 24 hours. Yeah, but come Wait back until nighttime. And I'm yeah, like, but I, I mean, it won't like if you miss your time, it's not like you can never do it again. You could just do it the next night, and you could just sleep and make it to that time true. anyway. So it's not really that big of an issue. If they you just... can find a place to sleep, man. I think I was ten hours in before I found out where you can buy ammo. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? You gotta where go to the ammo Raiders. from. They got the I'm best, just the best stuff. I was just I meleeing everybody. I hated them. I wonder how much our journeys have like differed, you know, because Todd, you said you went to the yeah, moon, right? One of the first places I went to was the moon. I went to but it ne- whatever. It never prompted for me. You don't, like, no, I no, never no. ran I did into it to that. myself for myself. Oh like it wasn't a prompt. At least as far as I I'm I'm four I'm about forty two hours in. And, ah. I and I haven't been prompted to go to the moon. I think they made me go to Earth once. I don't remember. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go to the moon and see if I could find the uh the moon landing. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like I started off like I play I play my games, role playing games usually how I am in real life. So I wanted to be like the UC, join them, they're like, hey man, infiltrate the pirates. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. And I go to the pirates and they're talking shit immediately. I'm like, what I'm the I'm the new guy and you guys are being assholes to me. I'm like I cannot wait to betray you guys, which I did. <laughs> fuck them. But that I think my favorite moment in this game um was when i betrayed the crimson raiders and then like you there's big ass fucking like 
just a war. You got all the UC guys going against the Crimson Raiders, fucking really cool. And then you board their main ship and fucking go like compartment to compartment, which I really want to do in this game. And like you can do that in regular space, like take over and board a vessel and kill them all and take over the ship. But doing it in that mission was like the highlight for me so far. Yeah, I love just the random shit. So um, one of the traits I picked was having my parents alive. And oh shit, I, I'm like, you know, it's weird because I went on this super epic like space battle at one point, and I infiltrated a ship and I did all that stuff. And then I went and I just went to have a meal at my parents. You know, <laughs> like it's just like I, I love guys. Just the, yeah, the uh, how immersive the game could get. And then I also did you have to bring Sarah with you. I did. Yeah, uh, she your wife. Your wife? Not yet. No, I'm not married. I'm just. uh we're, we're flirting right now. We're in the flirting stage. I married her. Now she's still like unsure about me. She's like, she keeps saying like, oh, I'm not quite ready. Just yeah, yet, I, but... I have a lot to deal with. You have, right, to, exactly. you have to complete her mission and then she falls in love with you. Dude. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I know it's coming, but you know, right now, uh, I like my freedom right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's just so cool because you can be just in a spaceport and you'll be thrown into this random mission. You know, at one point you're fucking just getting coffee for someone and, it's, it's yeah. just it's so random, and I, that's why I love about it. It's you know, and you go at your pace, and there's so many things to do, and yeah, it's it's, it's just overwhelming like, though. It, it is overwhelming because it is so much, man. Your thing fills up. Sometimes your your fucking missions are just filling up because you're walking by a conversation where yeah. it's like maybe I should explore that, and yeah, it's it's a lot to do as a completionist. It's kind of hell, but I, I enjoy yeah, it too. Because, your OCD ness, the right? OCD kicks in for that shit, man, and. What I really, really, really fucking love about this game is the space battle and the space travel because you have to toggle your fucking, do I need more shields? Should I put more lasers? Hold on, I want to, like, get... I mean, those fucking raiders are vicious, dude. If they get you, like, in a group of four, you're, you're like, fucking trying to outmaneuver them in that sluggish fucking job of the hut ship <laughs> that I'm like, all right... Ships. Let me like I've died like four times in a space battle. Yeah, exactly. You can jump like, out space battles though. I fucking fight. love them, dude. Every t- no, I'm fighting every single Take time. It to light speed. I'm Chewie. like, I want my fucking Melinda. Yeah, come on, Chewie, we're home. I love the space battles. I love going fucking light speed. They're equivalent of it at least. Um, the planet traveling is pretty fucking cool too. But I found that a lot of the planets are just nothing, like inhabitant wise. Like, there's nothing. There's not that many like fucking. There's a few monsters or animals here or there, but I don't know. I'm thinking like 25 years, like give me luscious fucking lands on some, you know, like I don't think cool you've played it enough, man, because I've, I've, I've come into like a lot of cool side missions where you, you land on a planet, you see like a, a mining outpost, you go over there, hey, what's up? And they're like, bro, can you fucking help us? Like this, these raiders, and I'm like, I'm on it. And you go over there and like, that's super fucking far. The Terramorphs missions, pretty cool. But the, even the weapon, the gun battle, the the gunplay itself doesn't seem like anything special. That's, yeah, it's Bethesda, man. Fallout. It's actually better than play. Fallout. Yeah, the they had the VAT system Is in he? Fallout, but I like, I like the VAT system. That's pretty cool. Me too, but like I like this this type of fighting too. It's like to actually fight. I think it's pretty cool. This come more like Fallout seventy six type of fighting. You know what I don't like though about this game is that with like Fallout four, you had companions that had different personalities and, yeah. and they do in starfield too but everyone is so on the straight and narrow path in this game it's kind of frustrating like you'll do something like one thing they don't agree with and they're like sarah yeah. morgan doesn't I, like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I right. have to be a fucking pirate what do you want me to do right 
So like that that's kind of annoying. There's not someone that like eggs you on except well, I guess maybe the the super fan, which I haven't played. Oh with. my god, I love the super oh, fan. Oh I got him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, his, 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 great. his fucking dialogue makes me laugh so much every time because he's on my crew every time yep. I, I enter the ship he says some kind of fucked up like g- weird like line you know like uh you know i visited every planet in the world and the best person is you <laughs> yeah like just he'll always yeah. be up your ass but then if you ask him if it, he he's like sexually into you he's like no 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 that's 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 not what i'm here for i'm just your favorite fan you know so i, I always thought that was funny he's he, he's hilarious and he gives you stuff sometimes he gives you prizes and money and yeah it's good yeah he loves you mm-hmm. and it's a he's nice a call out to, um... God to him i loved it when he ran up to me i was like hell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a character it's the same voice actor and basically the same character as oblivion because when you win the tournament in um in that game then you get the super fan and he just carries your torch for you and stuff. And it's amazing. Like, I love that dude. It's like a squire. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> how how, uh, how far in Steve are you? It's tough to say. You know, uh, I found well, look, look 100 at your hours. Do you have your Xbox Yeah, app? I'm probably at 20 hours. I'm not that far into okay. it. I, I haven't been playing a lot of games because of, like, you know, October stuff. All the other shit you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I play like an hour every once in a while at lunch. But now that, you know, October is over, I'm fully ready to right really get in. into it yeah um but i'm like i'm enjoying it, my my only complaints and i've kind of two major complaints or they're not major but things that kind of annoy me one is i don't think it looks amazing like i expected it to look a little bit better and two i kind of wish there were alien species kind of like mass effect or or star wars like everyone's human so it gets a little boring after a while to see basically just humans. Are they only humans? I don't know. I, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone who's a non-human. Just kidding. There's no aliens. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no aliens. Which kind well, of sucks, I mean, there's yeah. creatures. You've seen creatures, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen creatures. But I'm the talking fucking like... cowboy world. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, like mm-hmm. a fucking death claw or something walking around would be dope too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's just like. Because I think of the other games they've done. You, know, you have a ton of different species in Elder Scrolls and Fallout, not as much because it's still humans, but you do have like, you know, the kind of zombie looking dudes and yeah, you have like, yeah. all these people look, there's like different classes of people, whereas this, it's just human. You know? Have either one of you finished the main campaign or advanced no. far in it? I'm, I'm pretty far in it, yeah, but I haven't. I, yeah, I, I was told to get to at least the point where you start getting powers. So I made it to there yeah. and just a little powers bit further lame. than that. Yeah, but at least you get you get some pretty good ones though. Like when you can no, like I've three people. One. Oh, I, I'm at like Which three is or four. What? How did you get three or four if you haven't? All, all, all you have anything. to do is um is go to the to the locations that have that puzzle you have to do there, where you have to like yeah. gr- grab the whatever in the in the air you there fly and then... through the orb which is a really stupid mini game oh it takes forever too like <laughs> it's dumb i i did it for like three minutes and i'm like I, I must be doing something wrong i looked it up no i just need to do more of it you know nope. um but yeah just go to those places and you get different powers so you don't have to huh. progress very far into the game. Yeah. Well, what kind of powers do you have talk to me let me know it, it's stuff like um like shaking the earth so that it'll destabilize everyone who's in your path or you can flying around. Yeah. You could freeze people or you could mess with gravity, uh, you know, things like that, that just, uh, it it just helps when you have multiple people in battle, you know, so you can kind of get a bigger advantage against them. 
Uh, I mean, I guess it just it's crazy. It goes back to the Senua argument, you know, because Senua would start off slow and it, it ended up really great. But this one is like this isn't a 20 hour game that it's like a traditional 20 hour game, right? This is a we're gonna support this for like the next fucking 30 years and you'll get more content. But to me, it's like so I played this and I was honestly I was kind of like ah, it's all right, you know, it's not when I thought Starfield and saw the trailers and everything, I'm like, this shit's going to fucking redefine gaming. And for me, it didn't like, it was cool. It's been, it's been enjoyable, but I've had, I have 12 hours and 30 minutes. I just looked at my app. I've had more fun in 10 hours. And I know it's a little biased on Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I'm almost done with because it's been like nonstop action. It's not, I feel very robotic in this in Starfield, but I've had more fun in Mirage than I did Starfield. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I want to say the same thing for Starfield. I like the story, but I feel like I'm watching a movie and pressing dialogue options more than I am doing meaningful stuff like fighting. Like Todd, it's probably just based on experiences, but when you're talking about raiding and doing this and that, like that sounds like fun, but also at the same time, it's like, well, how much dialogue do I have to get through before I get to that? Because this game is dialogue heavy. No, you don't. Once you like are allowed to do your own thing, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And I literally will hop from planet to planet looking for these guys trying to ambush me because they don't know I'm fucking souped up on my shit. Yeah, so I'm like, All right, motherfuckers, let's go. And then like I specifically cut their engine so I can board them and throw grenades in the airlock <laughs> and shit. No, I have I have an absolute blast doing that. And the only dialogue is when you're talking shit to each other. They're like surrender and like fucking make me. And they're like, all right, and they start shooting. And it's really cool. Yeah, huh. th- this is like a space simulator. You know, you got you have yeah. to. It depends what type of game people are into, right? What's great about this game is like if you really want to be someone in space and you want to do all these different things, and and also it's a game that's going to last for a long time. Like, you know, we're all like fucking first world problem here, where we have a ton of video game yeah. options that we can <laughs> exactly. play all the time. So we're we're like, okay, I want to move on to something else, like fairly quickly. Whereas some people, man, this could be their whole game for the whole year. So. I think it's great for that. And I'm, I, you know, I'll play it slowly. I don't know if I think I'm going to take breaks once in a while to play, like, because I'm dying to play Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I just, I really want to get into that. And then I'll come back to this and play some more at some point. (laughs) And, you know, I just want to do the smaller experiences and then come back to this. And eventually I'll finish it, I think, because I do really love it. But, you know, I wish that it incorporated, like, we, we keep seeing the talks and we talked about it in Discord, but, cyberpunk got its 2.0 right cyberpunk has become the game has should have been at launch and i kind of feel like this game should have been gameplay wise cyberpunk with the starfield travel space traveling stuff that's what i kind of wanted and my expectations i guess weren't met with that but again i'm only 12 hours don't think i'm shitting the game and i hate it um because i do find it enjoyable i guess my path so far has been more dialogue heavy than your guys's has been and i still have the same fucking ship so i need I. a new one so do i i just it's, mine it's up. slow I it's slow it. upgrade i haven't upgraded it's expensive although you do get pretty good payouts for missions but yeah there, there's hacks you can look online too like glitches you can exploit which i sent one to steve like i don't know if you got to do it to get but, money uh, and shit. Yeah, yeah I did. I didn't, it, but so. I, but I will. Yeah, they, I'm not. I'm, I'm fine. With it. I, I'm right now trying to work off my mortgage. So, <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean? Like, because I, I do I that in the, life. I got the dream house, so, and I have to pay like 125,000 <laughs> credits to 
to t- to Fuck, buy it the bank. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like at nine thousand prices. credits, I think. <laughs> yeah, you see this house though; it's fucking sick. <laughs> you see, you should see his digital house, bro. It's fucking cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually working yeah, for the I'll bank. Live, a I'll lot come to my GTA apartment <laughs> later too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that a lot of, at the the bank jobs where I'm like, you know, breaking uh, okay. people's legs to get their money. <laughs> of course, yeah. where's the money? Of course, at, you bitch? would. Yeah, I love those, dude. Sometimes I just want to be a fucking prick. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I can't. I'll, yeah. It, it's you the way you work if, on, if right? If you're collecting, collecting money, you definitely can because they're assholes and they'll try to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you guys though, think man. of the leveling up? I, I love that you have to actually do the actions of what you're trying to level up. Like, I'm a diplomat, so I'm trying to win conversations, which I still don't understand how it works. You're, you're sweet talking them. I don't either. I'm trying I'm to, like, do I, 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 I keep failing. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it'll be like you'll like pick the green option, you'll fail. You're like, what the fuck did I do wrong? What the right. fuck did I do wrong? Yeah, then you'll pick the red <laughs> but, option what, because you had no more. Yeah. Your, your last shot, and you get it. You're like, oh, he's like, okay, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. no, but, I do. I do what, the soldiering one. I, I got marksman and fighting and all that shit. But we, even with the leveling up, other than the numeric level, I mean, other it's just skill points, right? Because mm-hmm. oh, dude, what, what is the numeric is very important. Yeah, I like pilot. I that's what I started investing in. I was like. Fuck yeah! I want to stop people and yeah, blow dude, up their engines dude, dude, or thrusters, Darth yeah. Vader them. Yeah. I want to fucking be Darth Vader, dude, and fucking. That's board all I do them, like, is I fucking, fucking board these fuckers, dude. I'll take out like all the ships except the one. And I'm like, well, well, well. Look who's <laughs> talking shit. Right. <laughs> Ready. Yeah. The jetpack too. I, I really. All like. right. You want to? Re- yeah. If you don't have it already, uh, it's okay. I'm not Django. I'm not Django fit with it yet. I only get okay. like three little bursts. Like if I was boning. But, all right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyways rate it rate it for now in pro in progress rating mm-hmm. yeah in progress rating i am a solid four out of five mm. wow and I, i'm a huge bit as a fan so i'm a 4.5 out of five damn well fuck i'm the odd one out because i'm like at a two and a half out of fucking five right now i mean Oof. I'm in progress though, and I've got the least hour. So if it's that's a two and not a half out of five, man. That's a you can't play this game. I'm telling, it's like fifty hours just for the story. Right. I'm telling you, man, I've got a lot of di- I've literally spent two hours playing yesterday and I did like one fighting mission throughout the whole thing. Everything was delivery. I don't know what and, you're doing. Are you talking to every single It's the mission? Character? No, I went to uh I went to the fucking cowboy <laughs> western place and um I'm helping out everyone. Yeah, and then there. they send you to the bank to fucking stop the bank robbery. I did that mm-hmm. already, but there's more side missions. Who are you talking out. to? Dude? <laughs> everybody. Everybody. He's talking to every hooker you... on the street. Right. <laughs> no, I, I just helped a little girl solve a crime because somebody was stealing from the Laredo <laughs> gun shop. So yeah, I want to be a good fucking marshal, dude. Don't don't hate me. What was here? Here we are, like attacking fucking space systems and stuff, and he's like getting lollipops back from little yeah. girls <laughs> in New Atlantis, you know, and he's wondering why our scores are. <laughs> and I, I totally sold out this fucking Crimson Raider prick, mm. and he's like threatening to kill. Him. He th- like literally when he's leaving, he's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you when you least expect it." I'm like, "Damn!" And then he tried, and I fucked him up, and I boarded him, and I executed his ass. Nice. So it was fun. So yeah, four out of five. Awesome. Ah oh, man. Well, hopefully uh, by the end of the year, I'll be able to up it, but I highly doubt it because Mirage is fucking cool, and Spider-Man 2 is in the pipeline, downloaded, Ooh. and ready to go. Nice, sucks, sucks. So oh. fucking fun. Yeah. All right. Well, what's on the docket next? Um, Murder, Death Kill. Kill. Murder, Death Kill. Uh-huh. Seashells. <laughs> he doesn't understand the seashells. Seashells. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hmm. 
How would you wipe your ass with seashells? We gotta really discuss well, that yeah, in depth. The, 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 the same way he does. <laughs> you just talk shit to the uh, fucking uh, machine and then oh. <laughs> <get> your paper. <laughs> You so have been fined full credits for <laughs> profanity. That would be so fucking good. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. I will I will only talk to you guys if you both wear your VR headsets and pretend you're playing like <laughs> yeah. in the movie throughout our recording next time. Mm. Oh, look at There it goes. Look at I don't have it with oh, me. I oh, just oh, grabbed my stolen collection so I can put it in my have to watch uh, now <laughs> pile. Have to watch. Mm. So, All right. So we got a Murder, Death, Kill, which is Demolition Man uh, coming up next episode. And after that, I don't know, man. We'll have to talk about it offline um, <laughs> and get all our chickens in a line because we've got the end of the year coming chickens up. In a line. <laughs> Is it not chickens? Is it ducks? Which, D- ducks in a row. It's, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> eh, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You fucking twats. <laughs> Anyways. And do, and do stay I'm tuned on. for the interview. Uh, yeah, we've got the, the interview. Yeah. yeah. I am going to look into... In Get the chickens, get your chickens in a line, get your Canadian geese, whatever tickles your pickle. Anyways, that was Todd. You had Steve. I'm Mondo. Thank you so much for listening. Go play some Starfield and do some fun shit and not just talk to everyone like I do. Peace. Good night. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's XP Geek and Gaming Podcast, where tonight we have two very special guests. We have the creators of Odd Grove Games, Carolyn and Dave. Welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So you're here to promote your first project, a new tabletop game called Deep Six, a game of galactic mayhem, a quirky game of fast-paced combat where strategy and chaos go hand in hand, which is currently in a fundraising campaign on Kickstarter. Can you tell us a, a little bit about what it's about? It's <laughs> it's a it's a it's a card-based game, but a lot of it has to do with territory and basically this colony that exists on a far-flung planet but the idea is really that you know you have your starting squares in this territory and you're slowly crawling towards the other leader in an attempt to eliminate them um but the big draw of the game there's a lot of territory-based things out there is really that it uses a unique deck that changes from game to game so the replayability is endless and you don't feel like you're kind of stuck in the same loop of once you figure the game out it's easy to play and you can kind of beat everybody once you figure out the mechanics so there's a deck that changes all the time with unique leaders that have these special abilities there's you know 12 different options so they offer unique gameplay scenarios that you can use against your opponent and the the idea is essentially to eliminate the leader on the other side yeah it started out as a uh well dave and i are very competitive um and we play a lot of games uh obviously you know we have little kids and so we played a lot of games at night you know stuck together alone um and so we started developing this as sort of you know oh hey what would happen if we took these cards and and sort of you know rethought the way um the way card battle games work so instead of just being you know like a magic card game where you kind of put them out that we actually you know started uh using territory in on a board which developed into this uh, sort of territory tile flipping so there's a lot of, you know, sort of back and forth and um, a mix of, like Dave was saying, like a sort of strategic planning where you're placing these units in places where you can expand your territory to get to the other leader, to destroy them, of course. Um, but then, of course, there's the the sort of random elements, the chaos elements. So we say strategy and chaos, the chaos elements where you will uh, get these unexpected events or you will um, pull these glyph cards, which basically... 
uh, you can kind of keep for a special moment, but, you know, it could be anything from a solar flare that destroys, you know, everything to sort of like sneakier mechanics. Um, so it's really a mix of like the, the predictable strategy of drawing units, placing them on the board, expanding your territory, and then all bleep, you know, breaks loose with, with some of these other elements. And it's, it's very much a mix of Dave and I. So you've got Mr. Strategy and you have Mrs. Push all the red buttons to see what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, and we found a way to blend that, which is, which is really exciting because usually you put a chaos person in a strategy game and they're bored to death. Or if you take something that's too random and you put a strategist in there, they, they hate it because they can't control it. And this is gonna mix. Mm -hmm. So bring me to the beginning. What started this process and what's the first step of, okay, you know what? We wanna build our own game. Where do you start with something so big? Chaos. Um, <laughs> Prototypes, like Prototypes, lots yeah. of cardboard and... I, I think the words, hey, you know what would be cool, um, are the most beautiful words in the English language and also the worst because, you know, the amount of, hey, you know what would be cool that you go through to get to like a, a pure idea that actually functions it's a lot. It's a lot of, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, like Dave was saying, prototypes, big pieces of cardboard, using whatever components you have. And I, I think it was literally sitting on the floor with a big piece of cardboard and some Sharpies and a deck of tarot cards, weirdly <laughs> enough, because I was like, oh, that's a cool deck of tarot cards. We could do something with this. And seeing like, how do we use this base and turn it into something else completely? You know, something unexpected that people, you know, wouldn't expect to see. And then it morphed into, you yeah. know, sort of what it is. Yeah, you know, like th thousands of hours of yeah. testing things and saying, this is kind of cool, but would it work in all these different iterations? And like, that's before you skin the whole thing. So essentially, yeah, it's just yeah. a gray box of an idea of a game. And once you flesh all that out, you say, okay, how do we give it a look? That is also enticing the people with which... a flavor yeah i think yeah. There, there's yeah. two ways i mean i'm i'm by no means uh expert in um board game design but i have been a concept artist uh, in video games and now i work in theme parks and you know i know how to brand something and i know how to to make it you know appealing to people and how to give it an identity and there's sort of two ways that you can create a product that is that is meant to entertain and one way is you nail down your gameplay you nail down the soul of it. What is it? Is it fun? Fantastic. You know, every good video game out there has started as a gray box. You know, it's literally called right. a gray box and it looks like nothing much. And while all the gameplay people are working on it, you've got the art team off somewhere busy, you know, painting the dream of what it will look like. And then you put the two together. Um, and so we started that way. We had this, this framework, this, this amazing little game. And then we're like, great. Now, what does it going to look like? Are we going to, is it a fantasy game? Is it a, you know, it could have been right. anything. And so we had to sort of do that. The other way is that you start with a theme and, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of um, board game developers start with this, like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun, this quirky scenario. And then they build the mechanics around it. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, that's, that's great because it gives you, it, same thing. It gives you a starting point, the same way we started from those tarot cards, just to have something to not have the white page, you yeah. know? Um, but we, we started with gameplay and then we, we skinned it and that, that was a huge discussion in yeah. and of itself of figuring out, you know, um, we have these, these factions or these, these card types, um, but you're not limited to them. So say if you have a leader of a specific type, you don't have to, you're not creating a deck around that type. You know, it's not, uh, like Magic the Gathering where, you know, you're playing in your color. 
it's literally you can recruit from any color. You do get bonuses and little things that can affect uh, your color, your type, but it's not limited to that. So we're like, what what scenario could we possibly create where this makes sense, where you you have these leaders recruiting anybody? Right. Um, and then we came up with this chaotic, lawless colony where basically this alpha corporation sort of, you know, was set up this mining colony and pretty much decided, nah, pulled the plug, left. And so they left with all the cash and everybody's sort of scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. So you have all these leaders in place that are like, follow me, I know what to do. And everyone's like, no, follow me, follow that guy. And you pretty much get people recruiting whoever they can out of this colony. And sometimes those recruits will be super powerful, you know, uh, former alpha, alpha colony security guys. And sometimes it'll be a little farming robot that looks like a chicken, <laughs> you know, because why not? Uh, <laughs> and, and it gave us it, it gave us that freedom to make something that kind of didn't take too seriously which you know which works for us that's yeah. up my alley awesome. uh, can you tell us a little bit about the journey of creating the game and what are the lessons that you learned along the way uh, for anyone who would like to start their own game uh first thing i would say is um never take yourself too seriously <laughs> like you have to be open to literally anything so brainstorming when you know brainstorming when coming up a game is really the key to everything and it's mm -hmm. crazy that i'm saying it because i'm somebody who thinks everything through before i even open my mouth to say anything but you like the best ideas come out of like the craziest ideas and you you always find a way to take something that seems so off the wall and then really kind of like use logic to pare it down to a point where it really makes a lot of sense um and just First and foremost, especially for people who've never done it before, it's have fun with it. Yeah. That's the really the most important thing. You shouldn't treat it like it's a job that you've got to, mm -hmm. you know, make a million dollars out of it. Like you should be doing it out of the passion for board games or for art or for any, you know. Whatever creative project you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not, and I think that's, that was, that's a really good lesson because with, you know, setting up this Kickstarter and all that, Dave knows I've been like, you know, burning the candle at both ends and I'm super mm -hmm. tired. He's like, go to bed. So I slept for a couple of days and then I came back and said, you know what? Let's go back to playing the game. Let's go back to having fun and remembering why we did this. Because mm -hmm. um, I think it's a little bit too easy to, like I said, start taking it too seriously. And the um, the, the sort of question, I, I was laughing on the side when he was like, be creative, crazy ideas. Because this is a, an ongoing, we've been married for Never. over 20, forever, for, <laughs> since we were 19. We've been married for over 20 years. Um, and so we're pros at arguing. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we have completely different completely different thought processes which is amazing and it makes us a great team but it also means we butt heads a lot and my way of thinking is like I said "Ooh, what if this Ooh, what if that and I could be lying in bed two in the morning and go hey Dave you know it'd be cool and he's like oh god leave me alone. <laughs> and he's more the guy that but he learned to take that oh hey you know what would be cool and kind of pick out it was like no that's a terrible idea but if we do it this way that will balance with this and such other things so we were very lucky to be partners with uh, complementary, you know, mindsets where, and we sort of fed off each other, you know, and having, have, if you're doing it with a partner, making sure it's somebody that you trust, whose opinion that you value, because otherwise, you know, it's, it's going to be misery. It's going to be misery. Yeah. And try not to have an ego, yeah. I guess. I would Definitely. Say. <laughs> Just do it for yourself first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it as an independent project, do it for yourself first and foremost. Yeah. And you're going to, you're, it's going to be, passionate something that you're going to be passionate about as opposed to feeling like you're forced to to slog through it because there's a lot of parts that are difficult so as yeah. long as you're enjoying the process it'll it'll make it a more fun experience 
Yeah, it goes to the old Tarantino saying of, I don't make movies for other people. I make movies for me. I'm the one who yeah. has to watch it a thousand times. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if it. other and people love like... it, great. Yeah. And that's, and that's how you know you have something because we've literally played the game a thousand times. Oh, right. You know, yeah. like, because you have to do it that many times for it to be tested enough so that it can be functional and played for right. other people who are playing it for yeah. the first time. So if you can't play it a thousand times and drive it, it's like, if it's not driving you crazy, you probably know you've got something there. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're not forcing yourself to play you know you're actually coming back and it, it becomes one of the staples in your in your game cupboard you know like mm-hmm. we'll actually turn to it's like hey you know let's play our game uh right. the kids will actually go and grab it and like have these little battles and then we got to help them with strategy and stuff you know it's, it's super funny yeah <laughs> that's awesome and they're, and they're like develop the four player mode mom i'm like oh, <laughs> i'll get i'll get there hon i'll get there <laughs> Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your influences in regards to the artistic design of this game? Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper than that even and just say mm-hmm. because uh, because I've worked professionally in art, I'm my own worst critic mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to the art. My first plan is I put together this beautiful style guide with these very sort of like painted stylized um, references, um, not very far from where it ended up now. I can't say that there's a single reference because when uh, when I do anything, anything I will reference like tons of different artists and tons of different, um, you know, styles and all that. I, I narrowed it down sort of like I narrowed down the technology. I narrowed down sort of the uh, the flavor of the world by basically creating these mood boards, these collages of multiple references, you know, so I can't mm-hmm. point at one and say, I wanted it to look like this. Uh, and that's for a few reasons. Like one, I, I was searching for what I wanted it to look like. And that's the way I've sort of trained myself as an artist to look for a style. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just point at something and say, I want to make something that looks like Overwatch. I want to make something right. that looks like, you know, their stuff's beautiful. Like don't get me wrong, like anything that comes out of Blizzard, gorgeous. But I don't like to make things that are a direct copy of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had put together this, this big style guide and I, I sort of established the level of technology, which, you know, I like the sort of, you know, older Star Wars universe where, where the technology is like a little bit beat up and they're a little bit weird. Um, but I didn't want to limit myself either. So, so, you know, I didn't pick a specific really tight direction. Also because narratively the game is light. It's, it's the setting that, you know, that's there. And I wanted to mm-hmm. be able to have fun with the cards. Uh, to have fun with some of these characters and really give them, you know, a cool flavor. Aside from that, uh, in terms of like the colorfulness and sort of the life and all that, that's just me. Again, it was me having fun. <laughs> this was a project I was doing on the side and I explored a few different painting styles. I I tried at the beginning when we didn't know what the theme was, it was actually potentially going to be like more horror, dark fantasy painted. And then I was like, it is going to take me forever to paint these cards. Um, I have a life. I have babies, you know? <laughs> and I was like, and I enjoy painting that way, but this is never going to work. Uh, so it actually came about from um, just pure, the pure need for efficiency. So, you know, the art style itself, like sketching out the characters, that's just the art style that comes naturally to me is this sort of like mid-level stylized, I guess you'd say somewhere in the, you know, if you go from realism all the way to cartoony, somewhere in the middle around a uh, Borderlands Overwatchy kind of-ish level of stylization. But then, you know, in terms of the color and the flat rendering and all that, that was me finding a workflow that I could execute quickly, which mm-hmm. is, again, because of my years in production, it was just something that I was like, okay, I, I if I'm going to do the art on all these cards, I need to find a way to do it where I'm not going to slog through it, same thing. Right. So I developed this whole 
art style around, you know, for, for those people that are, that are artists or do any kind of like Photoshop around uh, flat fills and lassos and just like a little hit of gradients and a little bit of, you know, a little bit of manipulation of overlays, multiplies, boom, boom at the end mm -hmm. so that I could execute these cards quickly. Um, and it's funny because since then it has turned into part of my workflow at work, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's really funny. It actually made me um, develop a whole other style, uh, right. which was, which was really great. So yeah, it's been really fun and I can actually pop it out pretty quickly. And I'm trying, um, one of the things I want to do is, is do a few more live streams, you know, sort of showing, showing the art process and how to kind of yeah. knock something out quickly and quickly and confidently so that you don't question yourself too much, because as an artist, mm. you will get lost in the eyelashes if you let right. yourself, you know, <laughs> like you have to be able to, to let certain details go, you know? Absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Kickstarter so far? What are some of the pros and cons of crowdfunding a game like this? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna go on a rant here. <laughs> but Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter is it's a it's a great tool, but Kickstarter today versus what Kickstarter was 15 years ago has kind of become a different beast. Hmm. So it's I would say probably 75% of the stuff on Kickstarter right now, it's almost as if it's like a glorified pre-order platform mm -hmm. for these huge board game companies that actually don't need crowdfunding, but it's mm -hmm. nice to know you've sold 70,000 copies of your game before you even go to production. Mm -hmm. So it's lost a little bit of that flavor, whereas it predominantly started as, hey, we want to do this really cool thing. You know, check it out. Check it out. Right. Help us get to our goal, right? But now so many people end up being tied up into these huge projects and devoting their money towards that that they end up being a little bit um they ended up being shy or short on funds for some of the smaller independent games that actually need that funding right but like the tools are amazing there's it's just it's huge it's so yeah, yeah. it's you're, so you're big. shouting in a crowd yeah, yeah. You know, there's i think it right now there's 800 games currently wow. being um you know like live, live currently live yeah. currently over 800 games board games yeah. so you've got to find a way to differentiate yourself from the masses Mm -hmm. uh, and that's probably been the biggest challenge, right? So, so much of that has really been, how do you get, how do you direct people to your page? How do you make it stand out relative to the hundreds of other copies of yeah. games that are currently out there at the same time that mm -hmm. have only a month to basically fund their project, right? Right, yeah. And, and even like, you know, um, again, I said, like, we did a lot of research early on to kind of see, like, what are the best things that we could do for our project, you know? So we're like, okay, we have to do this, we have to do that. And there's so much advice out there and so and you kind of i'm the kind of person's like i want to do it all i'm a perfectionist i want to make sure everything is perfect before we launch right. um and so i think like that that kind of that kind of harmed us a bit in a way and dave's just like let's launch and we'll see what happens right, you know? yeah. so in in that respect like being able to to launch we did get uh some interaction from backers kind of giving us some good advice on what we should what else you know what was missing from our page like oh yeah it looks really cool and they would ask us questions and they say, oh, make sure people know about that. I'm like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. great. You know, so being able to edit it live and take that feedback, um, it's, it's good for that using the tools, you know, as, as somebody like I'm the person that built the, the page and, and use the tools, using the tools, pretty good, mm -hmm. a little frustrating to build the page, you know, like as you're scrolling down this giant page. Right. To like, add assets and there's no versioning or no, any of this stuff that I like as a creator, but. But you really, you know, all the stuff we learned was by hitting launch and going live. Yes. Like there's none of these things we could have possibly learned by reading it up beforehand. You really yeah. figure it out. You figure out how 
there's a, there's a real like wave in terms of how the funding works. You know, you get a ton of people at the beginning, then you kind of plateau off and then you kind of get these spikes here and there. So you got to find a way to attract people when they're looking at your thing. And it's, that's really the most we've learned about it while yeah. we've been working yeah, on it. Yeah, it's trying to, trying to max. Well, I mean, it, and people do say it's like trying to maximize on your first couple of days, but you don't really know for sure if you've done enough legwork right. <laughs> before you, before you actually launch. And we figured like, okay, let's do it. And worst case we relaunch, you know, like a lot of people don't make it the first time mm -hmm. or the second time, you know, so right. ah, it is what it is, you know, but it's an amazing experience so far. Uh, one thing I really like about uh, your campaign is you seem to be bringing in people uh, in ways that other games don't, you know, help design a character, help write the backstory <laughs> to characters. Can you tell us a little bit about the tiers you have on Kickstarter that people can can pick sure. up? Sure. So the basic game itself, um, I'll just say this because it, it applies to sort of like all the different tiers. The basic game itself has a two-player mode. Uh, which was the original mode that we created. And then we created also a four-player mode, which is 2v2, so allies, um, which is also really fun. It lasts a little bit longer, and uh, it actually keeps everybody included. Even if one player dies, they're not out of the game. They're still you know, playing playing the game. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of like the core game. Um, after that, we uh, we created, I mean, obviously we have a retail tier, so you get you know more copies for a little discount. And then the other stuff that we created um, were all out of the, the unit design pledges, but it was basically design a unit with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, we sort of broadcasted what the different types are and like the universe is fun and it's funky and it's a little bit loose. You can do stuff that's a little more fantasy. You can do stuff that's mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, off the wall. Uh, you want to do a super serious badass soldier guy, fine, do it. <laughs> you know, it'll fit in the universe and I'll figure out how to fit. Part of what I do for a living is answering people's needs, you know, artistically, right? Mm -hmm. I have been at the mercy of my art director for over 16 years. Love this guy. Um, so I know how to take people's ideas and put them on paper. And it's super mm -hmm. fun. It's something I love to do. So when we were thinking about, well, what can we offer? Like, we're not going to do, you know, we, we couldn't commit to doing like a sort of like an elite super sexy box with you know right. foil and all this other fancy stuff they don't really need yeah it like, ends up it ends up making the game more expensive when you make right. more expensive components you're not necessarily it's costing you money to offer value right yeah. so, really so i was like my time is worth nothing <laughs> no, that's not true but i was like this is something i can actually offer people that might be something that i take it for granted that i can draw you know whatever i want off the top of my head i'll just scribble something out for you sure but to other people like sometimes when i do that and i see their faces i'm like oh yeah right this is this is cool for them i'm like oh well maybe we can offer that mm -hmm. um so that was sort of the the impetus behind behind that so we did it for uh some of the units that i hadn't designed yet and then we're like oh well, let's do it for the leaders too that'll be that'll be really cool too and i got i got some cool interactions from people kind of like can i make you design whatever i want and i'm like <laughs> okay well there, there's limits right. <laughs> you know, we have a tastefulness factor here um but they you can see that they were excited to just kind of get their hand like how are we gonna do it i'm like well i'm gonna make you find references of what you want and we're gonna mm -hmm. talk about it we'll we'll sketch live together and i'm I'm super excited to do that. So I mean, if it doesn't, uh, if we don't um, hit our goal with uh, with the campaign this time around, I'll be like, ah, oh, you know. But I'll definitely be offering it again because I think it's something, it's something unique, you know. Right. And same thing with the we have all these characters, and I've myself, I've been like, oh, I want to give them little names and I want to give them backstories. Mm -hmm. I love storytelling, you know. That's why that's part of what I love in games. And now when I now that I work in in theme parks, you know, I work in um, 
and, and interactive rides that are that have narrative elements like from the, the queue line all the way to the scoring mm. and it's the storytelling of it it's bringing people on that journey right. and yeah this is a light version of that it's just a little journey but you know you look at this little guy you're know, giving people the freedom to say you know you tell me who you think he is you know right. and making them feel that they're part of the process yeah. of creating yeah. the game is really what a lot of people want like like the game itself has a value, but they, at the end of the day, they're gonna have a copy and there might only be 300 of them out in the world one day. Yeah. They can say, hey, look, like my name's my in there. there. I right. helped make that thing and I'm in the credits and I gave this guy a life that wouldn't have otherwise happened. Exactly. It's uniquely mine. Exactly. So we wanted to give people, and the names is like, it's free essentially, right? So that's right. just, it, it's just engaging the backers in a way that's gonna make them wanna be part of it and then tell their friends that, hey, look, there's this really cool thing I get to do yeah. with the idea that it, you know, it helps promote more of a grassroots style advertising so that yeah. they mention it to people who will also wanna back the game thereafter. All right, uh, just putting the game aside for a bit, this yeah. podcast is mainly about movies and video games. Yeah. So I do have to ask you both, what are yeah. some of your favorite movies and video games? Can I go first? Oh yeah. Well, oh, I, mean, I got I got my I got my wacky ass list my, here. My, <laughs> I mean, it's a classic, and I and I and I think it's actually one of your favorites too, Steve. But like, definitely top of the list. Still, somehow, all these years later, Seven is for me mm. one of the best movies. Yeah. I like. I love everything about it from the storytelling. Yeah, it's a little on the. It could be a little on the gruesome side, but right. I mean, it's a classic, and like we still quote it twenty years. <laughs> twenty seven years later, we're still quoting this movie because it just like it just rings it, it so does, well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, video games all over the place. There's a lot of classics I like to play, but I'm like I'm hooked on Dead Cells right now, and I don't okay. know if you've tried it, but it's no. so much fun. It's a great roguelike, uh, and then you still have your classics uh, that are playing. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I had a lot of fun with um, Horizon Zero Dawn. It was one of the better mm-hmm. games that I played recently that I was just, I was hooked on it for a while. Um, but life has changed. You know, we've got little kids now, so I tend to sure. play more things I could pick up and play for half an hour as opposed mm-hmm. to the three, four hour gaming sessions <laughs> yeah. that you need right. to do some of those big, more open, open world RPGs and stuff. So Yeah, that's it. I grew up playing JRPGs and like, mm-hmm. do you think that happens anymore? No, <laughs> no, I'm playing Tetris. Right. Um, <laughs> But no, my uh, my classic games of all time would have to be like Curse of Monkey Island, mm. which, yeah. you know, that that's sort of the quirky humor and the weird little, you know, reversals and unexpected, just, you know, the, the, the fun, anything with that kind of like slightly off the wall flavor. Um, movie wise, oh, movie wise, I think one of my top movies of all times is Aliens. Okay. Followed by Alien. Nice. Um, <laughs> in that order. Yeah. Because Ripley, because yeah. that's all you have to say, because Ripley. Mm-hmm um yeah that has to be really high up there on the list of of things i love yeah and and nowadays for games i mean oof you know for the most part and this is one of the reasons that you know dave was like wow this girl is for me i was like i just want to watch you play games right and this mm-hmm. is before twitch okay i was i was cool before twitch um <laughs> i i would just sit and watch him play games because you know i i capped out when things went into the third dimension uh, my skills kind of died there you know <laughs> So I would watch him play Resident Evil and like tell him to go look at the high quality rocks yeah. because they're really <laughs> nice looking. And then he'd get his head chopped off with a chainsaw. Right. Um, <laughs> like, Why'd you make me go there? I'm like that rock was really nice. <laughs> this is what on GameCube. Yeah. 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 Cool. Classics. yeah that's for, it. Sh- for sure. Um, now, Carolyn, you've dabbled in all sorts of art projects over the years from video games to even tattooing. In fact, yeah. uh, if memory serves, you were an apprentice tattooer when I got my half sleeve done, yes. which is where I first got to know you. 
Uh, can you tell us a bit about some of the projects you worked on over the years and how they led you to this point where you're oh designing your very own game? Oh my goodness. Well, that's a journey and it's not, um, it's not exactly what you would expect. So when you say like, oh, I'm in Montreal and I work on video games, people are like, you work for Ubisoft, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I started out, uh, I'd say like more in like a small indie studio mm -hmm. and a lot of indie studios try to do their own content, but mostly they end up doing things for Disney who farms out all of their content. <laughs> right. So I've worked on everything from, you know, Cinderella to um, weird little like Hannah Montana games, <laughs> uh, Chicken Little. Yeah, that one was cool, uh, you know, at, at my first place. But it was it was a, a cool small studio where you got to learn to do everything. So mm -hmm. I was doing some concept, but I would also do some UI. I learned how to rig characters. I learned how to do collisions. Um, I learned how to do, you know, 3DS Max scripting from our technical artist because it was so small that you couldn't just do one job. And that was that was really cool because it sort of led me into this sort of like generalist position. Um, from there, I moved on to EA. So we worked mm -hmm. on a really famous game, not called Boogie Superstar 2, uh, which was a dancing game, which the first version was actually pretty cute and had aliens and stuff. The second version, they decided, oh, this is for girls. It's got to be pink. Mm -hmm. To which I objected strongly um, and was not heard, obviously, being a junior. And so I got to work on a pink and sparkly girls dancing game. So that was, <laughs> that was amazing. But again, um, I've always been the kind of person that's like, you, you know, here's your lemons. And I'm like, all right, lemonade, lemon right. squares. Let's make things with these lemons. Um, and so, you know, at EA, it sort of went on from there. And then it was funny because they, they decided they weren't going to do Wii anymore. Okay, we're, we're only going to do Gritty. So we're going to become part of Visceral. And you're working on army of two and dead space i'm like oh okay <laughs> so i went from doing disney to dead space right. and to like army of two right so um i got to paint concrete blocks for about a year that was really exciting <laughs> um but again another skill set another skill set right? right um and then i kind of went into the world of mobile games again nothing you know i never worked on any of these blockbuster games that people would know of you mm -hmm. know it was it was on one side it was a slog, but on the other side it was really interesting because you got to see all these non-ideal situations. Everybody wants that sweet project. Right. Don't get me wrong. I could have been the person that said that left and went to went to find the sweet project, but I was very team oriented, and I was like, no, this is our opportunity is just over the horizon. We're <laughs> gonna we're gonna make this, then we can fund our own game. Um, I'm an idealist like that. Anyways, so very interesting experiences doing everything from like managing projects leading projects you know learning more 3d learning animation all over the map which led me to sort of understand the full pipeline of how mm -hmm. games are developed and and sort of um you know moving into art direction from there and yeah it's really funny because i never quite became like that, that painter artist single concept artist like the, the one that whose name you know but I can solve problems. Hmm. Like I can solve problems. Like it's nobody's business, you know? Right. Um, and I solve them on paper and I, you know, take people's ideas and, and set them down. And then, you know, I migrated into sort of uh, theme park stuff, which weirdly enough, I've been there probably about five years now. In the first year I was there, I did more interesting projects than I had in my previous 12 years. <laughs> I kid you not. Mm -hmm. I'm like dragons and robots and nice. everything in theme parks is cranked up past 11 like it was it's ridiculous everything has to be it's like a five minute experience so it's like bang in your face um so that's what i've sort of been doing everything from designing 80 foot octopus statues 
true story. It's in Branson, uh, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Aquarium on the boardwalk. Go check it out. Giant reflective octopus. Uh, to working on a PUBG experience in uh, that's in Korea. They just started, nice. Which is really cool. Right? So that's like, now all of a sudden I'm working on stuff that's like, you know, serious and solid and people, but like nobody knows because it's not an in-home experience. So it's really, it's like out-of-home experience. It's very different. Um, and how that led me to where I am now, I always have ideas. <laughs> I have a million <laughs> ideas sort of pouring out at all times. And in the periods of my career that were maybe a little less exciting, I needed to put that creativity somewhere, mm -hmm. right? And so I would say, okay, well, I'm going to work on a side project because maybe this will lead me to something more exciting or this will at least let me get my ideas out because, and Dave can attest to this, if if you take a creative person and you don't let them uh, do something, it's it's like a can of, you know, it's like a bottle of Coke that you shake and it's got the cap on. Right. You're just waiting. <laughs> it's just waiting to like explode. Um, so we have to do things. So that's when this sort of started getting developed was when I was sort of like at my most in the lulls, in the career lulls, right? Mm -hmm. And then because we we sort of kept working on it, people all of a sudden were like, well, what is going to happen with this thing? So we're like, okay, well, let's, it's good. Let's make something with it. And even though right now I'm like super stimulated at work and stuff's <laughs> really great, I'm like, let's make this thing too. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's the really long way of saying I got to make stuff. Nice. Steve, I gotta make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop me. I've got right. shelves and shelves of projects that may eventually happen, but that's excellent. That's there's awesome. always more ideas, you know. Yeah. Now, now, Dave, one thing yeah. I talk about quite often on my both my podcasts is my yeah. time in college working on film projects. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> one of my fondest memories is working with you in a TV production class where we made a drunk Santa Christmas skit. Can you we tell did. us what you remember most about those days and what has kept your creative spark over the years leading to Deep Six? Um, so what I remember most specifically from that skit was you dressed up as Santa, <laughs> which um, will forever be in my mind <laughs> in grain. I'll never forget those moments, you know, and and filming late at night at your place and mm -hmm. just trying the same thing, come up with ideas. Hey, wouldn't it be really funny if we tried this? Right. You know, and it's just seeing just seeing what can come with it and look, we did the same thing on other projects. And that's probably because, you know, we procrastinated a little bit and left it to the last minute. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, it, it made for some really great last minute ad-libbing. But, you know, even as far as going in and taking, you know, Adobe Premiere down in the video room and <laughs> editing things until eight o'clock at night, like right. it was actually just me and you doing it and waiting mm -hmm. for the rest of our team to show up <laughs> and getting stuck with the the brunt of the project. You know, it was it was fun, right? And we were trying to, you had to get creative not only in what you were shooting, but in, in a lot of cases, we had limited stuff, right? So how do you get creative in editing that you can take what you have as opposed to having to do 75 takes to get the perfect shot? How do you make what you have work, right? right. And you end up with some of the most fun experiences that way and, and mm -hmm. coming up with things that are a little bit more creative that you didn't initially, uh, you know, anticipate. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't really stay in that vein. Like later on in my career, I... I went into sales and management and all these things that are really kind of boring, right. but I always still had my appreciation for what we did in college and, and video study and film and things like that. So, you know, it was always things that I still kind of enjoyed on the side. Mm -hmm. um, and this just kind of like gave me that creative outlet. And, you know, like Carolyn mentioned, we've been working on and off on this game for, I mean, it's got to be close to eight years. So it was always something that was on the back burner. And every time we can kind of get back into it, like it got all those creative juices flowing that I kind of didn't have a chance to use it all at work. So it was, 
it was a lot of fun to be able to get that out um mm -hmm. you know on something that we were really it started we did it for ourselves and that's kind of what what made it so fun yeah absolutely I, I have to dig up that old desk it and put it like on private youtube because we used I, uh... I think i have the video on vhs oh, no yeah, me too i think I, but i have to convert it from vhs but yeah it's uh it's quite yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun i think i'm in my underwear at one point in that yeah that, not only that but i remember you're supposed to come down the stairs because you're the dad kind of like waking up to santa you know yeah. being in his house and we couldn't find like a, a good weapon for you to come down with oh so right i was like a, a saw, a I had a saw. saw. <laughs> for no reason because that's all we had access to yeah exactly a saw from the bedroom like who's walking down <laughs> yeah, exactly. who's on their bedroom exactly yeah, that's that's what made it fun though. It's just exactly like up with chasing these. you outside in my underwear, like <laughs> yeah. in the snow, because I had no shoes on and I was barefoot. But like, yeah, it was just just roll with it at the time, right? Make make work what you have to make it, just to make it to roll with it. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to the game, what's the future yeah. of Odd Growth Games, and what's your final pitch to our listeners that want uh, that makes Deep Deep Six stand out? All right. So first and foremost, when it comes to Deep Six. Once you get into it, you really, the, the options are limitless. You know, we really want to get this backed. We've already got ideas for, I mean, like three, four, five different potential expansions that can go with it. So you can get really creative by adding more units, adding more what we call glyph, magic cards, events, you know, terrain that give you bonuses and things like that, right? Um, so there's a lot that can happen with the game outside of its base mode. Um, and as Carolyn mentioned earlier, you know, the ideas, they, they are endless. They never stop. Right. So one of the things I had to keep saying was, Hey, Carolyn, we're working on, a, we're working on deep six. And she's like, well, what about this game with this cool thing? So there's a lot of other mechanics that we thought about a lot of crazy, funny ideas. I mean, we've got this one thing called that we have like on the back burner called taking possession, which is about taking possession of homes, buying homes that are possessed by ghosts. So nice. kind of- Yeah, yeah, that's, that's taking you know? the other tack of where you have a theme and then you have to figure out the game around it. We're like, right. you gave it away. So he has to cut that part out. <laughs> no, he doesn't, it's good. No. Like, but it's just, but, the, no, the ideas are always there. Yeah, right? we, have, we have multiple, I mean, it's hard for me to not start designing another game, you know, mm -hmm. because I, I'm like, okay, well, this one's designed. I can I can go do something else now. They're like, no, 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 we gotta push this one. Um, but essentially, as Dave was saying, like this, this game is, it is the core game for a reason. It's the base game with the base mechanics, four factions, and, you know, some leaders with abilities that reflect the components that you have. But there are expansions that we have in mind, additional leaders, additional factions, things that you can add onto the game. It's a modular board made of tiles. Hmm. You can create whatever shape you want from it, right? So we have the ones that we we provide and that we've you know tested thoroughly, but we offer that up to people to explore, right? Part of this, like the the joy of making this game was the fun of seeing how we could manipulate these components in a way to make it entertaining for us. And we kind of opened that up to everybody else, too, right? Just and we want people to come back to us and say, like, hey, I tried this thing and it was like completely weird, but actually really fun you know um and sort of feed off of that and have have people you know come back to us with what they what they've explored you know part of that i love seeing other people enjoy creation right the creation of something mm -hmm. um and then in terms of like you know sort of like the short term of you know um it's it's funding or not funding you know we're we're going to take if we do not fund this time around we will obviously take those lessons and we'll kind of like you know make our game plan and kind of say okay what's you know what's sort of the next step uh for for this title what do we do with it mm -hmm. um what maybe could we communicate better 
so that people really understand sort of like the heart and soul of the game. Yeah. yeah. And we're really making it for the people. Like at the end of the day, we're not doing this to make a million copies uh, and put it into Walmart and stuff like that. We So that's why we really want people support. We feel like what we're doing is we're making it for them. We're making it like the board game community is very, very inclusive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need their support to do it. You know, we're not looking at making profit even, you know, we want to be able to do it, break even say, hey, we made this really cool thing. And we have other ideas to make other really cool things. Yeah. You know, we've got side jobs. That's how right. we pay our mortgage and our side bills jobs. and stuff like I mean, that. We have <laughs> We no. have, you know, we have done, we're not doing this to change. Like I, you know, we, we have careers that we like very much and we also love this too. You know, we're not mm -hmm. trying to make millions of dollars off this so that we can, you know, become, become, you know, board game moguls or anything yeah. along those lines. Yeah. This is our passion project and we want other people to try and love it too, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. And can you let our listeners know where they can follow this project and Odd Grove Games on social media? Sure. Um, so basically we are on Kickstarter right now. Uh, if you do a search for Deep Six, a game of galactic mayhem, um, we will be live until I believe it's November the 17th is when the Kickstarter closes. Um, I urge you, even if you see that, you know, okay, we're not cl close to, to closing, give us a follow, give us a pledge. You know, we will be back in touch if, if it doesn't go through. Otherwise we do have a Facebook page under Odd Grove Games as well as an Instagram. Um, and we have our website, which is very obviously www.oddgrovegames.com. Hmm. Um, and I'll provide you with all those links as well there, of course. Awesome. And it'll be on our social medias as well if anyone wants to check it out. Carolyn, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Everyone, please go check out Deep Six on Kickstarter. As they said, November 17th is the end of this campaign, but this is not nearly the end that we're going to hear about Oggrove Games and Carolyn, Dave. So I'm looking forward to seeing this amazing project continue to mature over the next few weeks and months and hopefully years. So thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Dave. Constellation's most decorated members. It's just me repeating your name into a data slate for five hours. Uzig Isaac. Uzag Isaac. I am your sidekick, your shadow, your tail. You are the greatest. No, no, no. Better than the greatest. I know that's grammatically impossible, but somehow you managed to do it.